Warning. The Intercontinental Committee on Podcasting warns that listening to the Get the Fluff Out podcast may induce euphoric feelings of nostalgia, which may lead to complete and total ratitude. The show starts in three, two, one, go. Get the fluff out, 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 out. Welcome to Get the Fluff Out. I'm Hollywood, along with your co-host, Dirty Jim. And thanks for joining us on our rockin' journey through the decades in our quest for the musical holy grail, creating the ultimate Gen X rockin' mixtape playlist. On each episode, we'll choose which songs from an album review that will make the cut to appear on the playlist. It's time to experience the soundtrack of our lives. All right, guys, here we are again in the studio. So to all our fans in 108 countries and territories around the world, thank you for joining us on the Get the Fluff Out podcast because this is the show where we listen to all the songs so you don't have to. Ah, uh, see, that was metal. That's right. We're back to the metal. That's right. No more <laughs> ASMR. You know what? They're gonna. The first person is going to listen to that. Maybe they fall asleep right at the beginning of the podcast. I don't want that, Hollywood. No, no, no. And and especially with the music that we got set up for today, no one's going to fall asleep at all. You know what, though? Before we get into the music we're doing today, at the beginning of the last podcast, I gave a little teaser that you went to the Kiss show the other night at the Hollywood Bowl. How was it? Okay, so yes, I did go to the Hollywood Bowl to see the very last Kiss concert tour. <laughs> Supposedly. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, that Gene Simmons is full of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm looking at their ages now. It's like Gene is 74, Paul is 71. These guys, their costumes are like 30 to 40 pounds that they're carrying around on stage. You know, I, I, I kind of do think this is the end of the road, which was the name of the tour. The end of the road tour. And so, you know what? I was like, okay, let's do it one more time. If they come back on tour one more time again, that's it. I'm not going back. This was it. (laughs) Do you think that they will play one-off shows here and there? Oh, absolutely they will. Right. Of course they will. Anywhere there's money involved for one-off shows, whether it's for uh, New Year's, you know, Rockin' Eve or, you know, special events. Oh, they'll do those shows uh, uh, without a doubt. What about albums? No, they're done. Really? They're not going to do any more. Oh, yeah. I know for a fact they're not going to do any more albums. They're done with touring. I, I really do think they're going to step it back, and they're going to – I think they're going to partially retire. And uh, you know what? Deservedly so. These guys have been around for you know 50 years. I mean, it's crazy. But uh, as far as the show is concerned, uh, very typical Kiss show in the sense that a lot of people were uh, dressed in, in makeup. You know, people had makeup on for all the Kiss characters. There were a, a number of people that were dressed in full-blown costumes. You know, the Gene Simmons costume was actually a popular one. And and then, as far as the age ranges, of course, man, this was it. There were grandparents, parents, and kids. People from 
their 80s, and I'm serious, people in their 80s, there were people with canes and walkers <laughs> coming into the show. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm thinking I'm I'm 55. I'm thinking I'm getting up there in age. But, man, there were some people that were, I mean, literally, I mean, great grandparents at this show. And uh, but it was cool to see them with their their kids or their grandkids. I mean, kids like in their, you know, preteen kids, you know, in makeup. It was it was kind of cool. I just checked I just checked Facebook right before we started recording this and I saw that Kim Kilby was heading to the show about an hour ago. Oh really? Oh, okay. And she's bringing Wow, that's a, a name name from the past. <laughs> yeah, she's bringing both of her daughters. I think they were her daughters in the picture and I believe her boyfriend. I don't think I'm not even sure if they're married or not. I don't think they are, but I think they're all going as one big happy family. Yeah, you know, there's a uh... There's, you know, a number of people from our uh, our class, our high school class, or people that we hung out with that will still go to concerts and, you know, still go to KISS shows, you know, that have been around. Uh, there was a, a comment on my post from, I think her name is Susan Perillo. She and her husband uh, have been going to KISS shows for years. They've seen a ton of shows. They're part of the KISS army. Uh, I didn't ask her if she still is or if her husband still is a part of the Kiss Army. <laughs> I know I was way back when, when I was like 8, 9, 10 years old in the 70s. But, yeah, I, I think my name fell off that list in the 80s. <laughs> what they send you? Did they send you a sticker and maybe a patch? Oh, dude, I got a bunch of stuff. Yeah, anybody who was part of the Kiss Army, when you joined... Yeah, you got like a little catalog, a little brochure of all the stuff. I mean, you could order anything and everything that was part of their merchandising at that time, which was, I mean, they had a lot of awesome stuff. I mean, I was a kid, so I did order like a, a Kiss belt buckle. I had that, and I love the, 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 the tattoos. You know, they had them in, they had them in some of the albums, but you could order extra tattoos. Oh, you're lucky. Uh yeah, so you can order extra tattoos that you kind of lick and stick, the lick and stick tattoos. Yeah, you're you're a lucky stiff. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I was part of that 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 group, that Kiss Army back then. But as far as the show was concerned, it was a pretty good show. They're a good uh, set list. Yeah, there were some some really cool songs that they played. Uh, obviously, I knew every single song that they played. Most of the stuff was. Stuff from the 70s, a couple 80s uh, songs they did. They did um, uh, Heaven's on Fire. They also did, uh, what else did they do? Oh, they did something from Sonic Boom. Uh, they did, uh, what song did they do from Sonic Boom? Uh, yeah, They did the song Yeah, 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 which I think is a song that you liked from that album uh, it, when we talked about it on Lipstick and Leather. Okay. And, and then also they did the song... Uh, they did a newer song. Oh, uh, they did the title track from Psycho Circus. Oh, okay. So, there, yeah, so there was a there was about three newish songs that they played, but everything else was from was really you know core seventy stuff. You know, of course they played Detroit Rock City. They played Shout It Out Loud. They played I Was Made for Loving You. Yeah, it was it was a great set list. The only thing that I I, I didn't dig was that the sound was kind of low. And I think they should have kicked it up a notch. I know it was at the Hollywood Bowl, which is an outdoor amphitheater. And so they may have had like a noise ordinance as far as how, how many decibels 
the music and go up. Uh, I think I would have enjoyed it more if it was inside of an arena. That way the music would have been louder. But as far as the show itself, man, fire bombs, fire everywhere. And in between the show, they had fireworks going on. And then, of course, at the very end, the Hollywood Bowl is known for doing these fireworks displays. And they had a massive fireworks uh, display at the very end, which lasted about like two minutes. It was it was amazing. All the different fireworks and the exploding bombs and stuff. It was really cool. So as far as an overall show, it was really good. It was entertaining. My my wife and I, we enjoyed it a lot. Uh, there was one guy behind me, like uh, three rows behind me. He kept on yelling, play Blaster Caster! Blaster Caster! <laughs> <laughs> they don't really take, uh, think- they probably don't take requests, Kiss. Uh, yeah, I don't think they do. But, <laughs> but he kept on saying it, Blaster Caster, and I and I'm telling my wife, I'm like, babe, this guy's yelling the song. I don't think they're gonna do this song, especially with what the song is about. You got kids in the audience. He's not gonna do Blaster Caster. <laughs> uh, did he do Cold Gin? Uh yes, yes, they did nice. do Cold Gin. It's Cold Gin time again, and everyone's singing along. Yeah, so it was it was a good show. I really did enjoy it. I'm glad I bought the ticket. And yeah, I got some cool pictures, got some nice video, and both of us enjoyed it very much. So that was Kiss on Friday night. Well, Hollywood, I was on Facebook today in one of those 80s band uh, pages, groups, whatever you want to call them. All right. And someone had said in there, and I know we talked about stuff uh, like this before, but somebody said in there, what are the five worst Judas Priest songs? And Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you know, and, and I didn't think anything of the question. I'm like, you know what? I could probably go through the albums. It'd probably take a little while, but I could pick five not-so-great Judas Priest songs. And then you had... Yeah, I think I could do it, too. Yeah, I mean, I could name at least, you know, probably four of them are going to come from Nostradamus, but... No, I was going to say, I think I could choose, like, 14 from Nostradamus. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe all five are probably going to come from that album, but... Right. You know, you had people on there saying, if you love Judas Priest, you have to love all the songs. And I'm like, you know, that doesn't make any sense. You could love a band and hate a song. Right, I agree with that. Yeah, come on. (laughs) So I was thinking, Hollywood, maybe we should work on a little side project that we could experiment with uh, at the beginning of each episode of our podcast. Like, let's just say if we took, probably at the start, you take two Black Sabbath albums, right? So you take the first two. And you pick your favorite song from the first album. You pick your favorite song from the second album. Now you pick your favorite song out of those two. And then the next time we do the, these two episodes that we do every month or every two weeks, we now pick another album. We take the winner of the song from those two albums and we compare it to the song from the other album. And we both pick our own. I'd like to see at the end which one that each of us thinks is the best Black Sabbath, let's say just with Ozzy, because you can't get into all the other ones. It's too much. So just with Ozzy, at the end of it, which would be several months down the line from now, we would have what we think 
is the best Black Sabbath song on my side and on your side. Huh, okay. Would you be interested in doing something like that? Yeah, we kind of have to work that out to see. I mean, would we we would actually be talking about our picks on the air and just kind of whittling it down? Very quickly at the beginning of an episode, you tell me what your favorite song was from, you know, the first album, Black Sabbath. Then we move on to the second album. And but we move we do those two for the first time because we have to compete with something. So the the best one from the first album, the best one from the second album, they go head to head in your own head, not mine. You know, I would have my own opinion of which one I think is better. But then I'll okay. tell you which one I thought was the best song from the, the first album, what I thought was the best song from the second album, and which one is moving on to face the song from the third album. But, uh, you know, we go through all the albums and we each have probably maybe the same, but maybe different. The best song that we think Black Sabbath has ever done with Ozzy. Wow. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we could uh, take that offline to kind of discuss some of the, the details of it. But, yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, very simple and very quick. We don't have to tell, you know, go into it too much. Maybe spend like five minutes on it. Probably spend a lot shorter than what I've been saying about it right now. I was just kidding. <laughs> I was just kidding. A lot shorter than your explanation. Okay. But, I get it. All right. <laughs> it would be pretty cool. And if this podcast goes on for a while, which we could have done it, you know, a long time ago, you know, they're not going to go on to the playlist because eventually we're going to get to the songs anyway. But uh, we could uh, we could move on to Priest. We could move on to Dio. We could move on to Queensryche, you know, bands that have been around for a while, maybe not Maiden because there's a lot of Maiden. You know, there's a lot of yeah. new Maiden. We probably don't want to listen to all of it. So... Right, you know, right. we could we could work on different bands that have a ton of albums like that. Okay, all right. So we'll go ahead and we'll table that uh, discussion and uh, work that out so that we can put it on future episodes. And speaking speaking of future episodes, uh, this is our last episode of season four. We're ready on episode eighty, dude. I gotta tell you, season four seems like it's taken forever. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, we've been through four seasons of, of episodes, 80 episodes we've done. That's a lot of episodes. Uh, it's been a couple of years already since we started the Get the Fluff Out podcast. And, well, hold on a second. Has it been a couple of years? When did we start this? I'm not really sure because uh, we did Lipstick and yeah. Leather, too. <laughs> okay, so Lipstick and Leather, I know, definitely started back in 2020. And then we stopped that in tw- the end of 2020. Uh, oh, it was the beginning of 2022, and then we started. Yeah, that's right. So we're we're coming up to almost two years. It'll be two years in April of 2024. Will be our two year anniversary. I remember when you first texted me. I was at a friend's house watching a movie, and you texted me, and you're like, "Hey, what do you think about doing a podcast of music? You know, uh, our." lipstick and leather kind of music uh, which is why we not that you said lipstick and leather but that's the name that right. we came up with but you know that kind right. of 80s rock and roll and i remember looking at the text as i'm watching the movie and i just was like kind of in my head i went my head said this <laughs> yeah right and i yeah, yeah i texted you and i'm like <laughs> i'll text you in the morning i'm at a friend's house and and you're like okay and i I slept on it. 
and I really didn't even think about it much. I kind of was laughing like, yeah, this this is going to be really fun. You know, and then I thought about it and I'm like, no, this is going to be really fun. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, your initial reaction was to to really kind of poo-poo the idea. Yeah, I poo-pooed you. You know? <laughs> you, you poo-pooed me in, in your mind. And I hate being poo-pooed. <laughs> so you slept on the poo-poo. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, afterwards, you're like, huh. You know, it could be because we talked about it for a while because we, we did kind of try to figure that first uh, podcast out. Right. And, man, we put a lot of work into it because we actually did that first podcast, Lipstick and Leather, like a like a morning radio show. Oh. We had skits. We had characters. We had comedy bits. We man, It was so much work. And we're like, we did it for, you know, a year and a half or so, whatever it was. And, man... It was a lot of work for no payout. <laughs> I felt like I was, uh, you know, I had deadlines sometimes. Like, oh, I still got to do oh. that last, because uh, we did like three different sections in every single episode. Yeah, in every episode, we did three sections, and it was always coming up with, you know, like I said, comedy bits or characters are coming up with, with stuff. Oh, man, it was, it, was cra- it, it was crazy, but at the same time, it was fun. Every now and then, I'll go back to some of those old Lipstick and Leather episodes on Spotify, and I'll listen, and I'll be like, that's pretty funny. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, but man, sometimes I felt like I had deadlines. Yeah, yeah. It was it was turning into like a, like a job. Yeah, I felt like, little, like actual, like work. A little pressure. Yeah, this is a lot, uh, a lot easier. We kind of pared it down. This is more, you know, we're, ta- we're just really focusing on the music, and we listen to music, and we just talk about it. Uh, do a little bit of research behind the scenes, not much, but you know whatever's in our brains at the time when we hear these songs and we review it, that's what we talk about with you guys. Right, and right now I think we're going on and on and on, so we should probably get into what we're doing on this episode. All right then, so Dirty Jim, today on the Get the Fluff Out podcast, we have another edition of The Band Slam. It's a Band Slam! So on this episode of the Band Slam, Dirty Jim and I, we're going to be choosing tracks from the 1983 Queensryche EP. Now, they did have an independent uh, release, which did come out in 1982 on uh, uh, a record label they titled 206 Records. Uh, but the major label release was in 83. That's what most of us are, are familiar with. And then we're going to be talking about the 1985 album by Wasp called The Last Command which was actually, uh, the band Wasp here, it's actually a, another Get the Fluff Out fan request from a fan in Hong Kong. Wow. And this this uh, request came to us from Hong Kong actually some time ago, and I have to apologize to her for taking so long. I did write to her. Her name is, I think her name is Sophia Chen, but when I checked back at my messages on Facebook... Looks like she changed her name to Andrea Chen or Andrea Chen. Okay. Uh, so it's if you're out there, it's Sophia or Andrea Chen from Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is this is episode is for you. We're we're including some wasp because you asked for some wasp. You enjoyed the episode that we did on lipstick and leather, which we did cover the debut album from Wasp, and then someday we are gonna bring it over here to uh, get the fluff out. We may do it as a battle in the future or what have you. We'll figure out a way to to bring it back over here. 
uh, just the way that we've done a few other albums that we've brought back over to uh, get the fluff out uh, on this on this podcast. But so that's our fan from Hong Kong. And when I read Hong Kong in my message uh, uh, today, I was like, huh, it totally reminded me of a, a cartoon as a kid that we watched called Hong Kong Fooey. <laughs> You do remember it. <laughs> Hong Kong Fui. <laughs> Man, back in the 70s and early 80s, it was basically, if you guys remember uh, Gen Xers out there, it was basically a, a, a dog who was a karate dog. Like, a, you know, um, he had a mask on or whatever, and he would change into this outfit and, you know, fight crime as Hong Kong Fui. And, uh, yeah, so I thought of that. I was like, huh, I hadn't thought of Hong Kong Fooey in years. But that's what came to my brain. <laughs> I do know a little bit of, uh, you know, stuff about Hong Kong, if you'd like to hear it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, off the top of your head, this is a... Dude, you are... It's like Jim is... Dirty Jim is like Jimopedia. Yeah. You know, forget Wik, forget Wikipedia. We have Jimopedia here. Yeah. So go for it, dude. All right. <laughs> Well, this is all I really know about Hong Kong. The first part of it, Hong, has four letters. And the last part okay. of it, Kong, also has four letters. <laughs> okay. That's it? <laughs> that's, all, that's all I know. I don't know anything you're try, else. You're trying to keep it... You're trying to keep a straight face doing that. <laughs> you're breaking up in the middle of it. <laughs> I have I have nothing else. You know what? If if they were brand new, I would have done a tiny little bit of soul searching and I would have found some more information about Hong Kong. How, how about how about we go with rhymes? What rhymes with Hong and Kong? I'd rather go on with this podcast. Long? Nope. Nope. No? No. No, what else? (laughs) Okay. All right, what are we doing here? What's the first album we're working on? Okay, so on this edition of the Band Slam, the first band we're going to be talking about is Queensryche. They originated in Bellevue, Washington, and it's not written down here, Dirty Jim. You usually put it down. I think it was back in 1980 that they they formed. I'm not quite sure, but it's 1982. I don't know why it doesn't, I don't know why it's not on your sheet. Uh, okay, that's when they formed? Yeah. In 1982? Yep. Okay. Uh, all right, then. So Bellevue, Washington in 82. And then this album that we're going to be doing, well, it's not even an album. We're going to be reviewing the EP, which is a, a four-song EP. Originally, it was a four-song EP, and it was released in the United States on the major label on EMI, August 12th, 1983. So uh, as far as the band members, obviously we have, we're talking about this is the original lineup. And this is the the classic lineup, which is Jeff Tate. Oh, the amazing Jeff Tate on lead vocals. Uh, Chris DeGarmo, guitar, as well as backing vocals. Another uh, amazing uh, singer. Michael Wilton on guitar as well. Then we have Eddie Jackson on bass and backing vocals. And then on the drums, Scott Rockenfield. Dirty Jim, why don't you go with some album notes? All right. At the time of making the demo, Tate wasn't a member of the band, and although he had played in several of the live shows with them, he chose not to join the band because all they played was covers. But when they asked him to sing on this demo, he accepted the offer. 
And after a great review of the demo by Kerrang, it was released as an EP independently in 1982, which I think you already said. But the success of the EP resulted in Tate actually joining the band. And after a representative of EMI America Records saw them play live in June of 93, the band was signed, the EP was reissued, and the rest, as they say, Hollywood, is history. Wow. So when they were originally signed then, they were only known as, well, I shouldn't say signed. Um, actually, no, they were signed as The Mob. Right. And I think at that time, even the uh, the label said, you guys should really change your name. And they already had a song on their EP, on their independent uh, release called Queen of the Reich. And that's where they just took the name of their uh, their new band name. And they just kind of merged it together with Queensryche with the umlaut above the uh, above the Y, and that's how that that came about. And then, just as a side note, I know there's another uh, get the fluff out fan out there that is a massive, massive Queensryche fan. Her name is Shelly Gabori. She's uh, from Biloxi, Mississippi. Uh, she's going to really enjoy this uh, uh, this this review. Anytime that we talk about Queensryche, she starts posting uh, on the Get the Fluff Out podcast page on, on Facebook. She'll send me private messages, you know, about, uh, you know, shows and concerts that she saw back in the 80s. And yeah, she is, she loves early Queensryche, even, you know, all the way up through uh, some of the, the 90s into the 2000s. But once Scott Rockenfield left the band, she was a big Scott fan, and I think she she became disillusioned after that. So I'm not sure if she's even listened to the last one, which is uh, called Digital Noise Alliance. That did not have Scott Rockenfield. It's actually a pretty good album. I heard it. It's It sounds, to me, I liked it. But I know someone who's not a fan of this band. Really? And you actually... Yeah, you know him too. His name is Mike Justo. He's not really a fan of music. And when he okay. first went to college, he had a roommate. And when he walked into the room, this guy had a poster up of this band that he'd never heard of before called Queen's Rich. And he, that's the first thing he asked him. The first thing he Queens asked him, Rich. like, who's Queen's Rich? But, uh, but yeah, Mike is, I have a couple friends who do not listen to music very much. They pretty much just listen to sports talk radio. That's about all they ever listen to. Sometimes my friend Sean will pretend that he, uh, likes a song. He'll be like, Oh, I heard this song today, whatever. He goes, I know you like these guys. And I'm like, you don't like them. And you did not have that on your radio. You were just passing by someone who was playing it. But <laughs> anyway, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to tell you what song I'm bringing. And you're going to tell me the song you're bringing. And we're going to do that for the second album too. How's that sound? Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. The first track that I'm bringing is track number one. And you talked about it before. The song is called Queen of the Reich. You just heard Queen of the Reich, which was the first single from the EP, which is kind of a little weird since there was only four songs on the EP. But the band toured in promotion for the EP, opening for Quiet Riot, Twisted Sister, and Dio. Phenomenal shows, I'm sure. Can you imagine that? Any one of those bands, just hearing this band come on before them, probably blew away Quiet Riot. Maybe not so much Twisted Sister or Dio, but 
man, they must have given it a run for their money. Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, as far as musicianship, to me, they definitely would have blown away Twisted Sister as far as musicianship, as far as the show quality. And, you know, D is just a showman. Right. He just, the way he develops his, his, his rock show with the band, they, back then, they put on a great show. But if we're just talking about technical music, Queensryche blows away Twisted Sister all the way. Yeah, but you know, you got to figure that Queensryche probably came on and played four or five songs where Twisted Sister is going to go on for an hour and a half. But, yeah, but still, even the four or five songs that Queensryche played would have been like people's mouths are just dropping and they're like, oh my God, what is going What are we listening to? Exactly. <laughs> and and I have a little bit about that in a second, but I also wanted to say that Chris Collins, and you know, I'm sure you know this guy, he was the first vocalist for Dream Theater. This is the song yes. he performed during his audition for the band. Mm. But imagine this, though. This is the... if. If you followed Queensryche right from the beginning, and I did not, it didn't start with this album for me, but boy, when I got it, amazing. Uh, and the reason why I got it was because of the first album, but or the first the first full album. and Right, the first uh, full LP. Yeah, and if this is the first offering from this band, if I just was sitting there reading Hip Parader and they're talking about this band Queensryche and this EP and I got it, I would be like, who are these guys? And I would want to go out and I would find every member of the band and I would want everything that they have ever been connected to. I want to purchase it. But (laughs) with this song, almost immediately, Jeff Tate demonstrates his awesome vocals to us. Uh, This this song, it's it's a high-powered invasion of your ear hole. And, and don't resist it, Hollywood, because it means you no harm. It's straightforward, vigorous, magnificence. It's just, to me, it is raw, grade A, plus, 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 prime. Did you also, I don't even know why I'm asking you this, but I'm going to do it. Did you also like Queen of the Reich? <laughs> yes, of course. Come on. I mean, right from the very beginning, what an amazing intro. I mean, now, uh, I did come to the, the table or the Queensryche fandom uh, at the beginning. So I was there a little bit earlier than you. The reason is I heard this song the very first time that it was played on a radio show called Metal Shop. And so Metal Shop. Yeah, the only show with teeth. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Metal Shop was a really cool show that I, I love, a uh, radio show that I loved listening to. And uh, so that's where I first heard this. I'm like, oh, my God, what is this? And I went out and I went again. I talk about this store all the time, Music Plus in the Mount View Plaza in Naugatuck, Connecticut. I went there. Searched for it, and I found the EP right there. And I was like, oh, look at this. It was only four songs. I didn't care. I was going to put my money down on it. And, man, when I played it and I heard that, you know, that the, the slamming of that, that intro that as it fades in with the cymbals, and I'm listening to the music. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I love the music. And then all of a sudden I started hearing this, this uh, vocal. I'm hearing this scream. I'm like, oh. 
like, oh my God. And I, I could not believe what I was hearing. And later on, I did find out that Jeff Tate in interviews in, in uh, later on, he said that uh, he was a fan of Deep Purple and he was doing an, an emulation of Ian Gillen's scream in the intro to Highway Star. Essentially, it was kind of like an homage to uh, Mr. Ian Gillen. And, but man, Jeff Tate screamed there at the very beginning. Wow, what an introduction to a band. And, I mean, that was it. This is the song that really solidified it for me when I heard that. And, okay, I'm going to go a little nerdy on you here. Okay. And everybody else out. <laughs> because I did become that, that nerd. You were saying that you would go to Hip Parader or read this and that and search out everything. I did. I went out uh, the, about a year later when they came out with The Warning. They also released a VHS copy of a concert tour that they did in Tokyo. And so I did buy that and I was all into it. I, I love that, that, uh, that live concert. And then they also did release off of this album, a, a video that they did end up playing on MTV. And that video, I did record the video on VHS and I hate to say this, but uh, the very beginning, I actually memorized the beginning. <laughs> Stupid nerd. Because on the screen, it starts off the, the video, you know, the beginning of the song starts. And then, you know, uh, some words come on the screen. It says, Tales of Queensryche, you know, on the screen. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing this, this uh, subscript, you know, going up on the screen, kind of like Star Wars writing. And it would say, it said, In the Millennium. After the Fourth Great War, the world was in chaos. An evil adventurer had discovered an ancient computer energized by a crystal so powerful that it energized her to enslave the world and to become queen. Queen of the Reich. Many tried to destroy the queen and failed, only to be absorbed into her computer shrine. Mankind's last hope was the five freedom fighters. And then it goes, and then you start hearing the scream. And it goes into the video, which is basically this post apocalyptic, super low budget Star Wars type video. <laughs> and it's part video, you know, part, you know, uh, part performance video, but also acting. And there's very bad special effects with shooting with laser guns and, you know, and you know, crystals and just, yeah, it's, it's really bad. But man, when you're a kid, when you're, you know, 14, 15 years old, and you're watching that, and you're, it's like, you're so starved for, like, metal music, any kind of something that you could see on TV, it was amazing, I loved it, and I love this song, I, this is, out of all the Queen's Right songs, this is their classic song, so because of that, it is my badass blast track of the EP. Three, two... One. Badass Blast. Man, the last two episodes, you've got three badass blasts going. I got nothing. Wow, I'm just blasting all over the place. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> well, Dirty Jim, I, I, I can't believe 
you're not doing like a dirty download or delivery on this song. You, Out of all the songs, this should be the song you're doing your dirty download or delivery. You know what? I don't even know if I, maybe I just skipped it for these episodes because I don't even see it. I usually write it down in capital letters so I know how to build it up like you do. And uh, yeah. I didn't, I don't have it here on this at all. I do. Oh man. I, I was expecting to do, you know, something, you know, special for both of us, you know, choosing the same favorite song well you know this is a great song but boy the last track on this uh four track ep is awesome which i'm sure we're going to get to eventually one of us is going to pick it um do you (laughs) do you want to move on to your first pick uh i mean obviously you also like queen of the reich do you want to move on to your next song yeah, so obviously my first pick was the same. It was uh, Queen of the Reich. So the next song that I'm selecting off of the EP is a song called Night Rider. All right, you just heard a song called Night Rider. And wow. <laughs> From just the intro, the sound of the distorted guitar at the very beginning, it just, it's just kind of this mid tempo just menacing sounding guitar strums just sounds just so aggressive it's not fast it's just these guitar strums along with some harmonized guitar licks by both uh, Chris DeGarmo and Michael Wilton and then then the pace picks up when Jeff Tate starts uh, singing starts singing but the very first thing he does is he does a scream but it's not an operatic scream like he did at the beginning of Queen of the Reich this scream that he does is kind of more of a, 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 a screech of pain that he's doing, you know, with a lot of reverb uh, uh, on his voice. Oh, dude. I, by the time I heard this second song on the EP, I already knew. I was like, that's it. This is one of my favorite bands already at the time. <laughs> and I, 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 I really thought of this band as, okay, if I'm going to describe this band to somebody... I would say it's a an amazing mix of Judas Priest and Iron Maiden together. It's you kind of mix those two bands together with a little more kind of kind of a, a an an edge, like an edgy progressiveness to it. It just oh, there's something about I could hear some Judas Priest, I can hear Maiden in their style, even in the guitar solo. They kind of mixed it up where they changed the the uh, the progression at one part of the guitar solo they're playing the progression a certain way and then it stops and then it goes into a different uh, uh, progression and uh, the other guitarist starts continuing to shred oh amazing 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 song three minutes and 47 seconds of glorious metal I love Knight Rider it deserves to be on the ultimate Gen X Rocket Mixtape playlist on Spotify Dirty Jim, did you perhaps choose Knight Rider? You know I did, Hollywood, and I I have a question for you. <laughs> Do you know how they came to call themselves the mob before they were called Queensryche? Do you know what inspired that? Oh yes, I, I did know it at one time. Uh right now it's not coming up it's not coming to my brain right now. You tell me. It was inspired by the Black Sabbath song, The Mob mm. Rules. Rules. That's right. <laughs> now think about this. When they were shopping this EP around, I, this I don't understand either. But when they were shopping this EP around, no one wanted it. Imagine if we're around <laughs> the keg party 
And we went around collecting money. Say, hey, got a couple bucks. We want to go promote this. You know, we want to sign this band. All of a sudden, me and you form maybe uh, Noggy or Greyhound Records. We get enough okay. money from all the people that are at these parties. Maybe it was a bigger one. Maybe there was like a 50 people at the party. Everyone gave us two bucks. So we approach Queensryche or the mob at the time. And we say, listen, we'd love to get you into Ren's studios right now. <laughs> and let's record, let's record that warning album you've been talking about. You know, <laughs> think about how big we would have been right now. Just two guys putting together a hundred bucks from a keg party, signing these guys to a contract. You know, it, it would have been devastating the whole breakup and everything. But still, we would have had while it lasted. It would have been fantastic. Dude, can you imagine, though, even back in the day when when we had our band and I mean, we were putting together or we did put together a four song EP. Right. So go ahead, play Queensryche four song EP right next to Forced Entries <laughs> four song EP. <laughs> I he's ready laughing. Yeah, I gotta tell you, that's probably not a good idea. If you no. <laughs> by the time you get done playing Queensryche, you'll probably even forget we exist. But that intro, yeah, you know. Go but ahead. go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, but even let's say it's not even us. Let's say it was. A band, uh, uh, remember that band, Asphyxia. Oh yeah, I remember them. Yeah, Butot, Kevin Butot. He had some vocals on him that I didn't understand. I was like, hold on, I know this dude. I've partied with him. I've talked with him. That does not sound like the dude, uh, you know, that I'm hearing in front of me. I've because I've seen, I saw them play. I was like. Wow, Butot's got some vocals that he's doing. They were doing some Queens right covers, and I'm like, this kid's not bad. Yeah, he was good. I'm like, wow. I, I, I was like, I wish he was my singer. <laughs> I was like, crap. I'm stuck with Dirty Jim. Yeah, yeah what am I gonna do? <laughs> you know what? Anytime you wanted to bring Kevin Butot in, I know I lose that battle, and I would not have been hurt <laughs> at all. Yeah, okay, continue with Nightmare. Right. <laughs> now that intro, it went on for a little while, about 60 seconds, and it made me wait. Now, it, it was a good intro, but it still made me wait to see if I was going to be treated to another gem. And although uh, this... Love it. What's that? I love yeah. it. Go ahead. Um, no, it was Sorry. good. I'm too. Ex I'm excited. You know I'm is, excited. Though, I want to hear more Jeff Tate. I love the band. I love you know. I love the riffs they put together. I think they're fantastic. But I want to hear Jeff Tate. And I'm like, I heard this on Queen of the Reich. What am I gonna get for Night Rider? So you know, although this song is not as good as Queen of the Reich, this is another electrifying musical just assault. You know, could have used a great Jeff Tate scream at the end of this, which I, you know, I'm sure when I first heard it, I'm thinking, oh, man, he's going to end this with a scream because it that's what it seemed like it was building to. But anyway, this is this song again, because it's an EP, it just sounds so raw, but it is so great. Let's move on to the next song that I'm bringing Hollywood. And that is a song called. Remember, there's only four on this EP, and I'm taking track number three, Blinded. 
Okay, you just heard a song called Blinded. And Hollywood, this EP was ranked number 336 in Rock Hard Magazine's book, The 500 Greatest Rock and Metal Albums of All Time. But for the song, this one, it's a little choppy at times, but there is so much to like about it. To be honest, this is my third favorite song so far on this EP, but it's still pretty solid. Uh, I wouldn't label this prime. I would say it's very good, rocking, grade A deep, uh, but it's kind of almost pushing for a little more. I like it. I think it needed a little more work because it didn't sound like it was totally finished to me. But I'm sure that when you hear this song, if they ever play this in concert, they have this polished, you know, or had this polished at the time. I'm not sure if they would even still play it. What do you think, Hollywood? Would you like to add Blinded to the playlist? Not Prime? This is not Prime. Not, no, <clears throat> hold on. Not Prime? This is not what? Prime. Hold, hold on a second. Hold on. I... I have the tools to edit you out of the episode. That's fine. This is absolutely grade A++ prime. You're insane that you're saying that this is not prime. You know what I say if you do Dude, cut me out of this? To the you music. know what I say if you cut me out of this episode? The same thing Billy Joel would say. Say goodbye to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> You've been waiting for that one for a long time. <laughs> Actually, it just came to me, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, man, what an amazing intro to this song. So freaking raw. I love the haunting bass line and the drums. It's massive, massively heavy guitar riff. Leads into this intro solo starting at about 36 second mark before Jeff Tate starts singing around 46 seconds. This is an awesome song. Once we get to that guitar solo, my God, the harmonized uh, middle guitar solo, again, very aggressive. It's it's a grittier uh, harmonized guitar solo than, let's say, something Judas Priest or Iron Maiden would put together. But man, it is so melodic and at the same time aggressive. I love that guitar solo. The sound of the guitars are so awesome. And then the way the song ends, this is freaking, I mean, I mean, voices are calling you, calling you, calling you, blinded! It's a slamming drums, guitars, and then, and Jeff Tate is doing these vocal riffs back and forth, and then finally at the end, he has this one wailing scream, blinded! And it just ends. It's glorious. How can you say this is not, this is Queensryche in their prime, their... The raw prime. This is amazing song. Oh my God. You could go. Oh. You could be as high energy as you want, and you're still not going to change my mind. I know I'm not going to change your mind. It doesn't matter that I'm not changing your mind. I'm just saying that I don't understand. It's I. Here's one thing. Okay, I gotta say it. Okay, you and I, <laughs> okay. we go okay. about let's say eighty. <laughs> okay, Joe Pesci. <laughs> There's about. 80% of the music that we uh, listen to, I'll, I'll say out of all the music that we listen to, I'll say that 80% we agree on. We agree on a lot of this music that we that talk about from metal to rock to, you know, all the different stuff that all the different music that we've listened to. 
Then there's about 10% that you and I will disagree on. But be like, eh, okay, this, you know, I'll say, you know, this one's a prime cut. You'll say, eh, it's a deep cut, whatever, blah, blah, you know. And then there's that 10% that we are are far, far, far apart where you hate it and I love it. Or you say something like this, which kind of just, it, it just, yeah, it's, it's, you put a thorn in my side with this one. Because <laughs> I, I really love this song so much that, yeah, I, I really thought as, you know, a fellow Queensryche metalhead on this one that you really would like this song. I don't get how you're saying it's not prime, but I understand. I'm not going to change your mind about it. I think it's a great song. I just, that's like, wow, dude, man, it's an amazing song. I like it. I still wanted it on the playlist, but this is the fourth best song. Hold on, hold on a second. Out of the four. You do want it on the playlist? Yeah, I said. You want it on the playlist? I just said I did. Okay. Oh, okay, great. I thought you didn't even want it on the playlist. I thought you were fluff cutting no, it. No, I, I said it was, I said it was grade A deep, and it was pushing for maybe a little more. No, I heard you say that it was a fluff cut that you hated it massively, that you wanted to just just puke on the song. That's what you said. You're being a weirdo. <laughs> I love that you're being a weirdo. <laughs> no, I'm messing with you, dude. No, I I understand. I mean, yeah, it's if you don't like it, uh, that's no, great. No, 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 I, I no. You... See, I do like it. I just don't like it as much as you like it. Okay, yeah. All right. So I actually think this is, if we're talking about labeling the songs, Queen of the Reich is the, the best song on the album. This is the second best song to me, uh, Blinded. Uh, and then, obviously, we're going to talk about another song coming up here soon. Our, now, we all know what the fourth song that we're bringing is. You think this song is better than that fourth song? Let's wait until we talk about I'm it. I'm asking you right now because we know it's coming. I mean, it is their second best song on this EP. But anyway... Tell me why what don't you're... you go ahead? Why don't you go ahead and introduce? I think it's uh, I think it's your turn. <laughs> oh, it's my turn to introduce. Okay, so obviously I did chose uh, blinded. You chose uh, blinded, kind of, and then so the next song we're gonna get <laughs> it into. Was, I chose blinded <laughs> way more than I chose that stupid Beatles song. What the hell was it? Uh, Loretta? What? Did, no, not Loretta. What is the uh, Loretta? Oh my what god! What is that song? Uh, <laughs> that, that's I can't even remember the name now. Uh, my Bell, Michelle, My Bell. And I'm like, I'm like, man, if you're comparing Michelle, my bell, or is it just Michelle? I'm not even sure. I don't even care. But yes. if you're comparing that to yeah. Blinded, Blinded is a great, if there's a letter above A, that's where Blinded lands. But yeah, I agree. If, I if agree. You're, <laughs> if you're comparing Blinded to the rest of this uh, EP to me, this is more of a grade A deep cut, but I still like it. I still want it on the playlist. Okay, cool. All right, so the next song that I selected on the EP is called The Lady Wore Black. All right, that was a song called The Lady Wore Black. Wow, Hollywood, doesn't sound like you like this one at all. I can't believe it. <laughs> that was a song called The Lady Wore Black. <laughs> and so uh for this song i love that intro so the intro it starts off it's very haunting because you start hearing this wind howling in the background and 
uh, as we hear this wind going back and forth, we then start to hear these arpeggiated clean tone guitars. And this goes on for quite a bit. I didn't even look at the timing on it, but the reason I didn't is because I love the intro. Uh, I have a fellow partner over here on the other side who doesn't like these kind of intros. <laughs> Even though he will go ahead and claim he loves the song, he is going to tell you, cut out the intro and start at this point in the song, tighten it up a little bit, forget it that it's 6 minutes and 13 seconds long, he will want to cut the song down. I will not do that to you people. I will go ahead and say, keep the intro because it's amazing. It's part of the song. It's a package. You hear the whole thing. So once we start hearing the arpeggiated clean tone guitars, then we realize and uh, that the song is a ballad. Jeff Tate starts singing in the verses. The verses are slow. Uh, arpeggiated guitars. Uh, Jeff Tate does an amazing job with how he's singing. And then you can hear towards the end of the verses as he's building and building in his vocal delivery. And then... Heavy guitars, distorted guitars kick in for the verses with uh, the chorus, The Lady Wore Black. I love the way he sings that. It's great. And then it comes back down again, and it goes into verse number two, slow delivery. It's a ballad. Okay, so obviously with this song, this is through and through a power ballad. This is uh, an amazing song. Once we get to the core, uh, to the guitar solo, oh my God. Just a great, great melodic guitar solo all the way through. Once we get towards the end of the song, they start repeating the Lady War Black a little too much for me. I keep hearing the Lady War Black, the Lady War Black, and he, you know, he's saying some lines in between. He's saying the Lady War Black a lot of times as it's fading away. So that part for me, eh, whatever. I mean, it, they could have done a little bit more with it. Uh... I dig the song. This is absolutely a grade A prime cut. And this is my third favorite song on the album. So I'm listing it as Queen of the Reich, Blinded, The Lady Wore Black, and then Knight Rider. That's my list. Dirty Jim, go for it. Uh, right. <laughs> so when uh, Jeff Tate was asked to join the band for the recording... He was also asked to write lyrics to one unfinished song, and this was that song. Now, when he did the whistling at the beginning of the song, it was not planned at all. He was just whistling to set the mood as the guitar was playing, and he didn't know that at that time he was being recorded. And then when everyone heard it, they thought it was fantastic, so it became part of the song. Yeah. Now, I don't know if I would call this a power ballad. I think it... There, it is kind of a ballad at the beginning, but I think it, it's got to have a different name because I don't think when they kick it up that it classifies as a power ballad. It becomes more of a rocker. But, you know, this thing went from, like you said, a haunting ballad. And to me, it went to an amazing, uh, melodious, earlicious treat for anybody that's actually listening to it. <laughs> and then... You know, I'm kind of repeating what you said, but it it backs down and it repeats a few times for our enjoyment. Like you, you get to follow that ride right. again and again, and I absolutely love it. This is 
and follow follow the story right. because uh, the lyrics that he wrote to this song it's an amazing song lyrically uh it's yeah to to be able to just put lyrics at the end after saying oh just go ahead and put some lyrics on this one yeah this is a great song right and you know he we obviously know that the lady wore black and that repetition did not bother me we, <laughs> we did. it did not bother me as much as my cohort hollywood this repetition did not bother me because it gave me a little more opportunity to hear one of my favorite singers just keep going on and on so unlike hollywood who absolutely seemed to hate this song this this was was my second favorite song of the album i would say this is great if i said the first one was grade a plus 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 prime this one here is a plus 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 prime so it went down a little bit you notice how that plus (laughs) i said a little lower yeah so this was like two and a half pluses i love this song this is my second favorite song of the album Blinded would be my fourth favorite song on this album, but this is a great EP. Uh, I can't believe that this landed in people's laps and they were like, nah, I'm going to pass on this one. They have no idea what they're, I mean, now they know what they passed on, but what an incredible EP. Hollywood, what say we move on? Well, I I think with this album, uh, I'd like to do this before we move on or away from this album, uh, they actually recorded several songs during these sessions. One of the songs recorded during the sessions was a song called Prophecy. Now, that was a song that they uh, that did not end up on the EP. And later on, they did put it in a reissue of um, uh, of the studio version of this EP. So back in 1988, when they reissued the EP, it's there. Uh, we also see it on the uh, on the album The Warning when that was remastered and reissued as well. Now, on the EP version, the reissue, they put a live version from Japan. On the Warning version, uh, the song Prophecy there is the studio version. That's the version right there that I'd like to talk about before we move on to the next band. Did you, obviously, you know the song, Prophecy, correct? Yeah. So when when I first heard this song, I actually, I the the only place that I heard this song was, I already told you about the, the uh, VHS videotape that I bought for um, uh, Live in Tokyo. And I heard this song, Prophecy, I'm like, what the hell is this? What? I don't know this song. It wasn't on the EP and it wasn't on the warning because that show was uh, a show on the warning tour that they did in Tokyo, Japan. And they threw in this song Prophecy there. And I'm like, oh my God, this is an amazing song. Where can I find this song? And obviously at that time, it wasn't released yet. We had to wait several years before they did a reissued studio version and then, you know, obviously we heard it then. But for me, I totally dig the song Prophecy. I think when, uh, what's his face, uh, uh, Chris DeGarmo, uh, again, and I've, I've mentioned this in past episodes before when we've talked about Queensryche, Chris DeGarmo does not get the credit that he deserves for backing vocals. When you hear him on 
the the background vocals. He does some amazing harmony vocals with Jeff Tate. He actually has a very high pitched voice, and so he's so good. And he does this on the song "Prophecy." So I really enjoy the song. A lot of cool harmonized uh, melodic riffing going on in the song. It's a really cool song. I mean, Dirty Jim. Do you like this song? Do you want to add it to the playlist, or is this another song that you hate? <laughs> another song, another song that I hate from what from from this EP? Yeah, another one that you hate. I'm, are you gonna fluff cut this one just like you did Blinded? What are you gonna do? <laughs> I, I don't remember hearing the fluff cut uh, thing, but oh, soundbite. Uh, okay, I guess I'll. <laughs> I guess whenever I listen to this again, I'm going to have to hear what I said about Blinded that has you all twisted. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I have no problem. Hollywood, if you enjoy this song and it, and, and, it, and it makes you feel good, I have no problem adding this to the playlist. You know what? I'd love for you to remove Michelle Mabel and, and put this on, but I'm okay with you putting this song on, even if you would want to keep Michelle around too. <laughs> All right, so we'll go ahead and put that one uh, uh, on our playlist, on the ultimate Gen X rockin' mixtape playlist on Spotify. Okay. Hey, Hollywood, before we move on to the next album that we're covering, which we know is Wasp, I think that we should probably, we talked about issuing Mike Heston, uh, mustache Mike, you might know him as, or Metal Mike. Right, Metal Mike or Mustache Mike, right. <laughs> yeah, we were going to issue him a challenge, and we were talking during the week. Uh, would you like to tell him what we want him to do for us so that we don't have to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Metal Mike, I know you're listening out there, and here is your challenge that both Dirty Jim and I have discussed. We would like you... To go ahead and listen to the albums from the 1990s by Metallica. Now, we're not including the Black Album because we already did the Black Album on the podcast. We did it as part of a, I don't know if it was a band slam or if it was uh, something else, an odd couple that we did. I think it was an odd couple episode that we did that. I think it was. Yeah. Okay, so the albums that we would like you to listen to. And come up with 10 songs for this 10 spot is the album Load from 1996, the album Reload from 1997, and then from 1998 on Spotify. If you go to Spotify, it's listed as Garage Inc. from 1998. There's 27 songs on that album. <laughs> so I know, I know it's a lot of songs to listen to, but uh, for the most part... They are cover versions of songs, but these are songs that a, a lot of these covers, people have no clue what they are a cover of, whether it's a cover of Diamond Head or Budgie or, um, and there's a couple others on there that are uh, pretty good as well that people know um, that, are, that are played on the radio. But go through those three albums, Load, Reload, and Garage Inc., and we'd like you to pare it down to the best, what you consider the best 10 songs for Metallica out of those three albums. How's that, Dirty Jim? Well, let me just add in that, Mike, please only pick up to two ballads. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, Metallica with a ballad. <laughs> oh my god. Actually, now that I think about it, there there is kind of a ballad uh in here. So uh I'm sure. Yeah, so uh but anyway, uh Mike, we'd appreciate you listening to all the songs so we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great project for him, though. Yeah, totally. I think he'll dig it. So, uh, Dirty Jim, why don't you continue? <laughs> I think it's uh, your turn. We're, we're working on uh, a new album here, the second album from this band slam, and you're about to announce it. Okay, so here we go. So the next album uh, from the band we're going to be uh, doing today is from a band called Wasp. Now, Wasp, they originated in Los Angeles, California back in 1982. The album that we're covering today is The Last Command, which was their second album in their catalog, released on October 25th, 1985. And the band members are lead vocalist and bassist, founding member Blackie Lawless, also known as Stephen Duran, and <laughs> on guitar, Chris Holmes, also on guitar, Randy Piper and backing vocals. And then on drums, we have Steve Riley also on backing vocals as well. Dirty Jim, why don't you go with some album notes? All right. This is the first album to feature Steve Riley and the last album to feature founding member Randy Piper. And the album was produced by Spencer Proffer, who also produced the six times platinum selling album Metal Health by Quiet Riot from 1983. Mm. And this album sold over one million albums worldwide. It hit number four in Finland, number 14 in Norway and number 15 in Sweden. And this album went gold in Canada, Finland and the United States, Hollywood, Let's move on to, do you want to pick the first track from this album or do you want me to? I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll start it off this time since you chose the first one. Well, you go right ahead. So the first song that I'm selecting from the album The Last Command by Wasp is Wild Child. All right, you just heard a song called Wild Child, which was released as the second single off of the album The Last Command, and it is the lead track off of the album. So... I totally dig that arpeggi arpeggiated guitar uh, intro, and one thing that I'm noticing right away, you know, as I've told you guys before, I listen to these songs with headphones. I'm hearing great production quality in the sound here. It's it sounds really cool with headphones. I'm hearing stuff going back and forth from right channel to left channel, uh, so I'm already digging the 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 great production quality here. Uh, the verses, when we start with the, the verses, Blackie starts singing kind of like slower uh, verses in, in a more subdued kind of a way. It's not a ballad, but kind of maybe ballad-like, I guess. But you hear that um, uh, that that guitar riff that kind of introduces the chorus. The -na 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 -na, and he goes, I'm a wild child, come and love me. I want you. you. I love that 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 chorus. It's so melodic. Again, I mean, for anybody who thinks that Wasp is like a death metal band or a black metal band or a satanic band, whatever, these guys are just melodic. This is melodic, rock, hard rock. If you want to call it metal, okay, it's melodic metal. It's just some really good rock. And I dig this song. When we get to the guitar solo around the 3 minute and 10, uh, uh, 10 second mark, it's a really cool guitar solo. It has different parts to it. There's a lot of heavy reverb going on. 
and the production again. There's some really cool ambient sounds happening in the background, going for, you know around your ears, back and forth. You hear birds in the background. You have buzzards squawking. You hear all this stuff. You hear tambourines rattling like a snake. It's they got some really cool stuff going on in this song. But overall, this is a very well put together song from beginning to end. I love Wild Child. It's a grade A prime cut for me. And it's also my badass blast track of the album. Three, two, one. Badass blast. That's four badass blasts before I said anything about my favorite songs on <laughs> then these two episodes. I haven't I don't even know if I wrote one down. I'll have to see when I flip this page Dude, over. Dude, what are you doing, man? It's 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 part of our homework assignment. You gotta put some badass blasts or dirty deliveries or downloads or or whatever. <laughs> oh, you know what? I already know. I already know which one is mine on this album. I have it written down over here. Yeah, this is a, a great song. I, I dig it so much. Uh, Dirty Jim, what did you think of the song Wild Child? I also really like this song, but here's my only complaint about it. It's the first song on the album, and I wanted a little more in-your-face for this song. It was a little too, especially for Wasps, because I really like Wasps. It's hard to say. Wasps. (laughs) I really like Wasps' style. Uh, Uh Their songs are, you know, they're always so... Full and it's got to be Blackie Lawless because I'm sure he runs the show there. But the songs are yeah. so full and kind of like I I can't really call it muddy or crunchy, but man, their songs seem like so much is going on. I think they're like a more souped up Quiet Riot, and I like Quiet Riot too. But these guys, the music sounds just so much fuller than Quiet Riot. Um, but this was a good song. You know, it rocks. It's uh, pleasing to the acoustic metis, if you will, Hollywood. Um, <laughs> but I would have really liked a little more punch with this being the first song from the album. But I definitely wanted it on the playlist. It deserves to be there. I also love that melodic chorus. Fantastic song. There is one thing I did look up. I, I was looking up a little because I couldn't find a lot of stuff about these songs as far as information. So I looked up uh, a little stuff about Blackie Lawless, and I had to go to like three, four, five different places, and I could not find where Stephen Edward Duran was actually born because it was either Tampa, Florida. Or Staten Island in 1956. One one place I see Staten Island. One place I see Tampa. So wherever he was born, it was one of those two places. Let's move on to my first selection (laughs) from this uh, album. And my first selection is a little ditty called Ball Crusher. All right, what you just heard was track number two from the album, Ball Crusher. And Hollywood, did you know, I don't know if we covered this when we did the last Wasp album. Was that on Lipstick and Leather or was that on this podcast? It was on Lipstick and Leather. All right. So 
we did talk. Did I know we talked that his uncle or someone like that played in the major leagues? Did you also know that Blackley Lawless played in the minor leagues for the Cincinnati Reds? Yeah, we talked about that. Okay, I didn't remember if we talked about that. So, yeah, I went and I wanted to look up some stats, like you know, how did he perform for the minor league Reds? And I found nothing. I thought it would yeah. be kind of cool, you know. Maybe he stunk. Maybe he was good. I don't know. I don't know why he left. I don't. <laughs> I have no information about his minor league career at all. If he even played more than you know, uh, like an instructional league or anything, I saw nothing. But mm. anyway, let me start out by saying I hate the title of this song. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's the cheesiest part of the song. And unfortunately, you know, the title is also in the song. That to me is, that's the worst part of this whole thing. It almost made me not want to take this song because I'm like, you know, I hate even when someone calls like a woman a ball crusher. I'm like, ugh, that is just, it is so stupid. But anyway, um, the intro for this one, this is what I wanted from Wild Child. I wanted something that's more of an onslaught. And this one is. This is more like what I wanted. It comes right at you and it never lets up through the most of the song. You know, it's mostly high octane, uh, but for me, probably more of a grade A plus deep cut just because of the title and they have to say it during the song. Although I still like the song, it almost pushes for a grade B prime cut but i'm gonna go with grade a plus deep cut hollywood would you have added this song to the playlist if i didn't uh the answer on that would have been no what did you not like about it okay well you know it's a cheesy song you know like you said the title and uh even the lyrics themselves completely cheesy to me i like the music i think the, the the guitar riff is awesome right just the sound of the guitars the music everything that they that they did musically I, I dig. But uh, on this song, sometimes Blackie gets so cheesy with his lyrics. It just <laughs> I, I get pissed off because I like the music. And then he puts, you know, some stupid lyrics to a song. And I'm like, dude, why'd you you mess the song up with your your, you know, your childish lyrics that are just stupid. But yeah. anyway, I, I didn't choose a song, but I did want to mention that. Uh, something about uh, about the band and something that I saw in a, a movie documentary. So, obviously, you know about the documentary Decline of the Western Civilization Part 2, The Metal Years. Right. And uh, in that documentary, uh, there was a portion where Alice Cooper is being interviewed. And as part of his interview, he is asked the question... Do you get mad if a band copies your style? <laughs> and then Alice is on, he's on stage, you know, in his whole getup. So he has all his props behind him, the stage props, and he's standing up, full makeup and regalia, all his stuff, like he's going to actually have a show that night. And so she, she asks the question, do you get mad if a band copies your style? And he's, hol- he's standing up, he's holding on to a noose. That's hanging from a gallows pole. The noose is in his hand, and he says, "Well, I could think of a few of them that I'd like to have here right about now." <laughs> and he's like shaking the, the the noose, and he says, "Some of them are just pure plagiarists. I won't mention any names, but their initials start with 
and then he gets bleeped out. But if you read his lips, he says, but their initials start with Blackie Lawless. I was going to say, <laughs> did he say Blackie? <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> oh, man. It was so funny because you could see that what he's saying and you pause it and you back up. You pause, you back up. And he's like, he says Blackie. <laughs> <laughs> I just I thought that was see, a, a fun part. <laughs> I could see that, yeah, he copies a bit of it, you know, but uh, I think that Blackie Lawless, like his music is way more just electric and uh, yeah. lively than Alice. Although Alice does have some good rocking songs, you know, he's mostly the macabre kind of rocker. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, definitely more, uh, like you say, a vaudevillian macabre versus... Uh, Wasp with the, the really like shocking stuff that he did early on. I mean, some of his stuff was crazy what he was doing, not just the throwing the, you know, the meat into the, you know, the, into the audience, raw meat, but yes, you know, tying up women to these racks on stage, completely naked and doing stuff. I mean, it really was a, 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 a pornographic show that he was putting on. <laughs> People were like, oh my God, what's he doing with that woman? <laughs> well, Alice was, uh, you know, Alice was a little crazy, too, like on his stage shows. You know, he has hangings. He has women walking around scantily clad in some of his shows. Not every one that I've seen, but I definitely saw a few of them, especially during like songs like Only Women Bleed. Uh, he also he plays some crazy songs like Dead Babies, you know, and the lyrics in it are so bad like i feel bad even enjoying the song but um i i think they're totally two different acts but maybe look yeah. a little alike yeah yeah i agree all right hollywood what are you bringing for your next track okay so the next track that i'm bringing off of the album the last command is a song called fistful of diamonds what you just heard there was a song called fistful of diamonds now, this song starts off with uh, the sound of a stock market ticker tape machine and uh, either a radio or a TV announcer talking about the stock market. And that kind of introduces this, this song. And then right away we get into just a, a cool, heavy guitar riff. Uh, I love the sound of the verses, but to me, the chorus in this song is the winner. I mean, another just melodic sing-along chorus. I, I dig it. Uh, I totally dig the the this Blackie has this gritty raspiness, and I, I remember talking about it back on Lipstick and Leather. I think one of his his uh, the, the standouts in 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 these songs is just the way he attacks his uh, uh, the the lyrics, his vocals. There's just something just heavy, gritty, raspy, and it's just aggressive, uh, but still at the same time very melodic which it, you wouldn't think with that kind of grit and rasp in his voice that there would be a melodicism in his vocals. But it's cool when you hear like these vocal harmonies with that grit. And so I, I, I dig it. One thing I didn't wasn't crazy about is the, the, they had like a bridge part, I guess, a musical break where they kind of stop the music, you know, you're dun, dun, and then you kind of hear the stock market announcer and ticker tape and dun, dun, they stop it again, wah, 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 dun, dun. So it kind of interrupted what was going on. 
I didn't think that was necessary at all. If I was the producer, I would have said, hey, guys, you know what? Let's keep the flow going on this. We already did the sound of that ticker tape and the stock market announcer at the very beginning of the song. You're doing it at the end of the song. Let's not do a bridge and, you know, make the song longer than it has to be. I mean, it's four minutes and 13 seconds. They could have cut out some of it. Uh, I didn't think that bridge was necessary. But anyway, for me, I think it's a decent song. I would give it a, a grade A deep cut. Dirty Jim, did you select Fistful of Diamonds? Yes, I also selected this song, and I agree pretty much with everything you said. I, After that little ticker tape thing that you said at the beginning, I love how they just got right into it. And, right. and pretty much it charges right out of the gate, and it continues until the end, but they have that little interruption again, which I wish they totally removed. And Blackie was the one. They probably said, hey, Blackie, I don't, I don't like this. And Blackie said, no, we're keeping it. <laughs> you know, but anyway, I don't know how he talks. I know he has a deeper voice. But anyway, I could actually hear Quiet Riot doing this song because – at times, and a lot of the time, Blackie and Kevin Dubrow sound so alike. Yeah, I agree. It, almost, almost the exact same at times. And yeah. l- like I said, this is just a uh, more full version of Quiet Riot. These songs seem like if you put Blackie in Quiet Riot and you put Kevin Dubrow in Wasp, Besides the fact that Blackie wouldn't be, you know, having his hand in this music, let's just say it did turn out the exact same. I think we would be thinking they sound pretty good, but something about it is missing <laughs> if Kevin Dubrow is in these songs. Where right, right. Quiet Riot, I think we'd be like, wow, this this Blackie Lawless really fills up a song, you know? But I also agree with you about grading it a uh, grade A deep cut. I think this is a good song. I don't think it's awesome, but I I think it's a welcome addition to the playlist. And as a one-off, I think all of these songs, even Ball Crusher, even though it's a little cheesy, I think on the playlist, people are going to overlook the cheesiness because I think the music itself is definitely worthy of the playlist. All right. Let's move on to my next track, and I'm skipping right over track number four and track number five. I'm going right to the first single, Blind in Texas. All right, you just heard Blind in Texas, which was track number six, and it also reached number six in Finland. Hollywood, when I first heard this song on the radio, it blew me away. I was like, man, this song, it's just, it's so good. And it's like I say about Wasp, it's so full and just chunky. And I love this song. There is one thing I hate about this song, and it comes at about the three-minute mark. And it's when the band starts talking, and they're like in a bar. And I (laughs) absolutely hate it but there's so much great about this song the song rocks definitely needs to be on the playlist but i wish they would consider going back into the studio to change that one part because man if they change that one part this song would be incredible but that's not enough to stop it from being my dirty delivery 911 what's your emergency 
It's a dirty delivery. For this album, Hollywood. Oh. For this album. Come on. This is the song that you're dirty. Del- <laughs> I love it. This this song is just so aggressive. The only okay. part I hate is that three-minute mark. That's the only it's, part I hate. Uh, it's so weird that you chose it as your dirty delivery because there's a part of the song that you hate. So out of all the other songs, this is still basically what you're saying is overall, this is the best one out of all the rest of the cheese going on here. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, you know, I liked the song that you chose, Wild Child. I like yeah. it. But I don't think it's the best song of the album. If they had put Wild Child a little deeper in the album, you know how th- some of these things do play tricks with your head. So right. uh, just like, you know, I could poo-poo, not poo-poo, but I could put a song from Queensryche as a grade A deep cut. But on another day, I may think it's a grade B prime cut just because of the other songs I'm you're kind of comparing it. So, I mean, obviously you could tell when we're talking about a song whether we like it or whether we hate it. So, right. you know, I really do like Blind in Texas. I kind of like Fistful of Diamonds. I kind of like Ball Crusher. Didn't really love a lot about the title or having it being said constantly in the song. But as far as songs, this one here really gets the blood pumping for me. I love Blind in Texas. Do you also love this song or do you want to just move on? (laughs) I also did choose Blind in Texas for the playlist. So I think it's a very interesting song because essentially when you hear the song start off, it's this is a blues song. It's a bluesy rock song played with a standard one four five blues rock and roll progression, and but they jacked it up and they metallicized it. They just made it a a heavy rocker, and but it's just a very standard you know one four five progression. Very easy song to play on the guitar, uh, but throughout this song, yeah, man. There's some cheese because <laughs> after the after the guitar solo, the music stops and then Chris Holmes says, "Hey, dude, let's party." He, you know, he flicks open his beer. Right, that was band- <laughs> that was quick though. That was very quick, and I I wish that that was all they did. <laughs> and then the next section, like you said, there's a lot of dialogue going on here, and essentially what it is, it's supposed to be him having a conversation with a bartender. Right. And so, you know, the bartender's going back. He's saying, you know, uh, it's time to go home. And Black's like, it's time to do what? He's like, go home. And he says, what, are you, what am I supposed to do? Get, you know, my home's in California. Get on a horse and ride all the way back to L.A.? <laughs> and the, <laughs> the guy, goes, the bartender says, we ain't got no more. What do you mean we ain't got no more? And the guy, the, the bartender says, split, goofball. <laughs> and then Blackie responds by saying, the hell you say, ha 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 ha, suffer. <laughs> what? <laughs> Stupid. Oh. It's just, but you know what? If you watch the video, they cut that part out. All that dialogue, they cut out. So if you want, what you could do is you could get the song off of YouTube, rip the music off of the video and then that way you can listen to the song without that uh, middle dialogue. 
In fact, you know what? I'm going to do it for you. I'll do it for you. I'll send you the MP3 file, and then you're going to love me for it. You're going to send it to me? Yeah. Well, you know, because you, they, you don't have to waste your time, but. Oh, oh okay. I thought, well, this is, you made it your dirty delivery. I thought you loved it that much. Yeah, but I'm going to hear it on the playlist. It's not like I'm going to sit there with an MP3 and say, oh, hey, let me click on this MP3. It's like, hey, I need to hear some Wasp. I'm going to go to the MP3 that's sitting on my laptop. Yeah, this is the, this is the special one that cuts out the middle bridge. <laughs> All right, dude, that's it. But I think it's a it's a decent song. I, I would give it a grade B. Um, uh, I mean, a grade A deep cut, and just kind of leave it there. It's no problem to put it on the playlist. I do love the song. I like the video, and like you said, they do cut it out in the video. But man, that song is just so it's so electrifying until it gets to the cheese, but. Anyway, let's move on. What is your next song that you're choosing? Okay, so the next song that I've selected for the playlist is a song right before Blind in Texas. It's called Widowmaker. All right, that was a song called Widowmaker off the album The Last Command. So this track, it starts off with swirling wind. So there's some ambiance going on at the beginning. So the swirling wind starts off this track. And anytime you hear a, a rock song start off with swirling winds, you're like, okay, what's, what's going on? Is this yeah, going to be a, che- a another long che- intro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it going to be a cheesy song? What are they going to do when you, when you hear the wind come on? So anyway, the wind starts, but then you hear this really uh, cool arpeggiated clean tone guitar progression, which I really dig. Uh, and then at the 55 second mark, it turns into distorted guitar. So they play the same progression, uh, but now with distorted guitars, which it sounds really heavy and cool. I like that. The A portion of the verses when Blackie starts singing are a little subdued musically with the guitars kind of low in the mix. But then in the B portion of the verses, it kind of kicks up the, uh, the guitars uh, a notch. And then for me, again... It's the chorus. The chorus is the standout for me because it's a cool, melodic, sing-along chorus. I dig this chorus. I think it's a cool song. It's not a a prime cut, a great song for me, but as far as this album is concerned, I, I think I, I really did like the debut album much more than this album. This album, I'm kind of like, eh, it's an okay album. You know, it, it for me already, by the time it got to this album, I was like, oh, I'm seeing already the downhill uh, uh, progression for me as far as in my uh, my enjoyment of Wasp music. And after this album, I bought the first two albums. After this, I stopped. I never bought another uh, Wasp album or, or listened to it. So uh, to me, it's a good song. It's a deep cut. I'd give it a, a grade A deep cut. Maybe, no. I'll say maybe a grade, between grade B and grade A deep cut for this song. I think it's a cool song. I don't mind it to be on the playlist. Dirty Jim, what did you think of the song, uh, if at all? (laughs) You see, we definitely have, and I think we agree on songs more than you said. I think you said, did you say 90% of the time or 80? I said 80%, and then I said 10% where we like the songs, but in different ways. Like you'll say it's a, Oh, it's more of a grade. Uh, it's a prime cut. And I'll say, nah, it's a deep cut, but I still kind of like the song. And then the other 10% remaining 10% we're completely 
off. Yeah, <laughs> that's where we different. are here. So, <laughs> really? So, wow. Well, I didn't choose this song. I obviously skipped over it for uh, Blind in Texas. But, you know, I thought this song had some good moments, but I don't think there's anything great about it. And for me, and neither do I. No, but for me, the chorus is kind of flat and boring. I did not like the chorus oh. at all. Okay. I thought the verses and the musical break were very solid. You know, nothing great. I mean, I think the musical break was really good, but I, I don't think the verses were great. I don't think anything about this song really stood out, and that's why I didn't choose it. Um, I wouldn't. I obviously would not give this a fluff cut. The only reason I didn't choose it is because I, I'm like, you know what? I'm bringing all these songs. I don't think I would ever miss Widowmaker. Um, not like I would miss, you know, some of these songs anyway, but as far as Widowmaker goes, it's like, you know, I could, as far you like it. So I have no problem with it being on the playlist because there are some good moments, but listen, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's drop the fourth wall here and I'll let you know it's, it's okay. I, you know, I had to, I felt I had to choose five songs off of the album just to make it, you know, to complete the episode it's an okay song. I really don't care much about it. I'm just trying to say, hey, I kind of like this one. And, you know, I was trying to choose between Widowmaker or Cries in the Night. They're both kind of slow. I'm like, eh, okay, I'll just throw Widowmaker on there. But if you don't want it on a playlist, dude, let's fluff the cut out of this song. <laughs> let's fluff the cut? <laughs> let's fluff what the does cut. that mean? <laughs> <laughs> let's fluff the cut out of it. You know, So, yeah, I, I, I really don't care. <laughs> I, I don't mind. I'm not fluffing it. I, I think it's a, okay. I think it's like a grade B minus cut. Like, I, I would never say this is a horrible song. I just don't think right. it's a, it's definitely not a standout, but I don't mind it being on the yeah. playlist. If you, you love that chorus, I'd like to see what other people think of the chorus. I, I know what, um, eh. what's her name that you said? Uh, uh, Sophia or Andrea Sophia Chen. Chen or Aunt, right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm sure she loves it because if you, if she loves Wasp, I'm sure she loves this song, but I don't, I don't see any harm with the being on the playlist. I, I'm not, I'm not hurt yeah. by it. Yeah. And, and the, as far as the chorus, I basically said the chorus is a standout for me. I think it's a cool melodic sing-along chorus, but when you're looking at the, the, the song as a whole, it's not really a great song. That's why I'm saying, eh, that's the standout part for me. Yeah, but what's weird is <laughs> if I'm gonna choose the something. standout part for me is the verses. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. All right. You know, when it comes to the yeah. verses and the chorus, I like the verses better than the chorus. I think the chorus just, the song kind of, it drags along for me. You know, it, it doesn't really, yeah. it never says to me, oh, that's sweet, you know? But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't mind putting it All on. Right. I don't mind keeping it on. It's only, you know, it's only a five minute and seventeen second song. I mean, I could spare that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Let's let's move on then. All right. I'm gonna move on to my next choice, and that track will be track number eight. I'm skipping right over track number seven, and I'm moving on to track number eight. It is the last command. All right, that was track number eight, the last command. And Hollywood, this one here, it's very similar to Wild Child for me, where I wanted it to be more electric. I wanted it to pack more of a wallop, but it's still good and it does rock. I don't have a lot to say about this song. It's just, it's there 
it rocks. I don't feel like it doesn't have that cheese that Ball Crusher did. To me, it's very similar to Wild Child. I like it. I'd probably put it more as a grade A, probably grade A plus deep cut. What do you think? Okay, so I also selected uh, the last command. So for me, uh, on this song, uh, again, let's just, we're taking this with a grain of salt. The chorus is the best part of the song. Right. But otherwise, for a title track of an album... I know what you're going to say. I hear you. <laughs> it's kind of bland. Right. It's... When I... Whenever there's an album and you ha- you see, oh, this album has a title track, because not all albums have title tracks. You know, they name the album, and then you look through, and, oh, okay, there's no title track, whatever. But when you see a title track, dude, that song, that's got a kick. I mean, it's I expected more from this song. I expected it to be like a fast, aggressive rocker, something that would just, you know, kick you in the head, kick you in the teeth, just, just, yeah, you know. But no, it just, if it comes on the playlist, I'm fine with it. I, I, I dig the song. It's it's okay. I won't skip it. Is it my my favorite of uh, of Wasp songs? No, I because I expected more. Right. But um, it definitely would be a deep cut for me. Uh, I did want to comment, though, on something I did see in that same documentary I mentioned before. So that was Decline of the Western Civilization Part 2, The Metal Years. So there's a portion uh, of the uh, of the interview where uh, of the documentary where Chris Holmes, the guitar player, is being interviewed and he's floating on a lounger in his pool. And his mother is sitting right next to him in, uh, in the pool. I mean, she's sitting. She's not in the pool. She's sitting on a, a a lounger uh, outside, you know, fully clothed. <clears throat> and, and he is hammered. <laughs> he's drunk like a skunk, and he's being interviewed while he's just drinking. And this guy, he's slamming full bottles of vodka. Do you know the scene I'm talking about, Dirty Jim? I do. Do you, do you kind of? Okay. So he's slamming full bottles of vodka. He's opening them up, and he's just, dude. And this guy was a full-blown alcoholic. And the interviewer asked him, she said, how much of that do you drink a day? And Chris Holmes says, uh, five pints, five quarts, who cares? I'm a happy camper. (laughs) 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 And then he said, you know, he mentioned that he's 29 years old. And then uh, the interviewer asked, you know, so where do you think you'll be in, in 10 years? And he says, probably dead. You can come see my graveyard. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, dude, it really was just kind of, it was sad. You kind of look at that and you're like, man, this dude is just drinking. He's got essentially at that time, the world at his feet. He's traveling the world, you know, playing music that he loves or supposedly loved. And this this dude is just downing and drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking. It's like, wow, it's, it's sad what, you know what happened to him. I mean, obviously he did, he did overcome it. He did go into rehab a a number of times. He has a a documentary out called, I think it's called me, uh, Chris Holmes, mean machine, something like that. And, uh, so yeah, he's still doing music. He's doing, uh, 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 original music and he's singing, not a great singer, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, he's still doing his thing. Him and his wife are, you know, uh, they, they try to do gigs and, and uh, yeah, so he's doing what he's doing to kind of uh, 
make money come in because I don't think he made a ton of money uh, from Wasp because really the the owner of Wasp is Stephen Duran. He's the owner, and uh, which is obviously Blackie Lawless. He he has control over the band, all the, the publishing rights, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I don't think uh, Chris Holmes really reaped a lot of benefit from financial benefit from uh, from the band Wasp. But anyway, overall, I think the album's okay. Like I said, it's uh, I, I really love the first album. Uh, this album, eh. You know, I'm so glad that we have Queensryche on this episode. <laughs> Man, I was excited about that that EP when you put that together. I was like, okay, thank you, Lord, uh, because this album, I'm like, eh, okay, it's 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 all right. And Sophia Chen, Andrea Chen, I'm sorry if you love this album or anybody out there. If you guys really love The Last Command, hey, it's you know power to you. Everybody likes music in a different way. Uh, this one did not resonate with me uh, as much. Uh, I'm choosing songs that I think some other people will like and that could make it to the playlist. I think we have a decent uh, list of songs. I think, though, Dirty Jim has at least another song, though, right? Oh, yeah, we're bringing quite a few songs from this album for an album that we both think is just okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing is, because they're like deep cuts. Yeah. Deep cuts that you kind of enjoy. Right. You'll still hear it. You won't skip it, but it's not like... You know, oh, if someone wants to know, uh, oh, what's Wasp like? I've never heard a Wasp song. Are we going to bring them to The Last Command? No. I'm going to show them, first of all, the debut album and play a couple tracks from there. Right, but I also think when these songs come on the playlist, they are going to be enjoyable because they're not going to be played one after another. That's true. Yeah. It'll be mixed in and it'll, it'll be something that will pop up every now and then. So. Right. All right, what do you got next? You have uh, you have nothing else? That was it for you? That's it for me. All right, I have one more song. All right, Dirty Jim. I'm skipping <laughs> over track number nine, Running Wild in the Streets. Now, you heard Running Wild in the Streets, right? Yeah, I did. <laughs> there is something wrong with that song. <laughs> there, it's, like, it's like the chorus. There's like too many words. It's... Yeah. <laughs> there's something wrong with it. But, you know, uh, Carlos Cavazzo, is it? Yeah, it's Cavazzo, right? Or Savazzo. Yeah, from uh, Quiet Cavazzo. Riot. No, it's Cavazzo, right. the uh, lead guitar yeah. player for Quiet Riot. And Chuck Wright, they contributed backing vocals for this song. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and, and this song was originally written by Spencer Proffer, and it was demoed by Kickaxe and Black Sabbath. Real Sabbath, come yeah. on! Yeah, I don't even I don't even know what that would sound like, but oh, that'd be a horrible song. You know what? When you say demoed by Sabbath, this album came out what eighty five. Okay, Sabbath really was done. It was just Tony Iommi right. by himself, probably for that uh, that album, which was going to be a solo album, but they. Record company forced him to call it Black Sabbath featuring Tony Iommi, which was turned out to be the seventh star. Right. And I think it's a that album has uh, uh, some decent songs on there. Hopefully one day we'll be able to take a couple songs from that and talk about that. But yeah, I don't hear this one running wild in the streets, Sabbath. No, I just no. I just had a little uh, stuff to say about it. Uh, you know, I had it written down, had to say it, Hollywood, but. That song, yeah. <laughs> I did not like that song at all. But I did 
I think this is going to have a little stinky cheese for you in it too, but I did choose track number 10, Sex Drive. Oh. All right, that was track number 10, the final track of the album, Sex Drive. And this was originally written by Blackie Lawless and Randy Piper's previous band called Sister. Now, Hollywood, I know exactly what you're thinking in your head. I know you're thinking that the lyrics are very juvenile. But the song okay. rocks. Uh, how, uh, <clears throat> so let me let me re let me let me go over that again. Lyrics juvenile. Song rocks. What do you think? <laughs> okay, when you say song rocks, you mean the music rocks, yeah, the mu- not the song. Well, the song does rock. The music does rock. The lyrics, I mean, the, the lyrics part of the song, it, the whole thing does rock, but the lyrics are juvenile. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I can't, I hate this song. I can't stand Come it. Come on, it's, Hollywood. Uh, you can take a lick and keep on ticket. Yeah, okay, there is one part of the song that I do enjoy. The best part... Yeah. Is the very beginning of yeah that too, <laughs> the the best part of the song is the very beginning part of the guitar solo, which starts with a tapping lick done with a guitar plectrum on the high strings. So he's tapping the lick, and I've done this you know pl- I love playing something like this on, on my guitar where you take your pick and you start going like really fast tapping the string and you start bending the string to a higher pitch, so. That, like, four or five seconds of the guitar solo, that's the best part of the song for me. <laughs> I, I, I love that four-second part of the solo. The rest of it, for me, I do not resonate with uh, the lyrics of the song. It's I just don't. I will not listen to the song ever, ever, ever. If you want it on the playlist, it's fine. Some Some people can listen to that stuff. I can't listen to it. I don't want to listen to it. Uh, I will never ever listen to it. In fact, anybody out there who you know even touches on some of the lyrics, if it doesn't resonate with you, do not listen to this song. It's just it's out of control, vulgar, and yeah, I can't stand it. Yeah, you know what? If like I, I do not will not ever ever listen to that song. So what you're saying is, <laughs> I actually I can. I can actually say I hate that song with a passion. So what you're saying is you're never, ever, you're never, ever going to listen to it is what you're trying to say. I'm trying to say that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it seems like I've heard I heard that about three or four times, that you're you're never going to listen to it. But yeah, I actually, I, you know what, I, I really didn't. Yeah. Uh, All right. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap this one up. I listen to the music. <laughs> uh, but I, I agree with you. I think the lyrics are, they're very... You know, it's very cheesy. It's very uh, juvenile. Uh, the song itself, I think that the song rocks. I mean, the song does rock. But I don't care if we leave it off the playlist. I say let's leave it off of the playlist. I, you know, I liked I liked it for what it was, but I, I, I agree with you with the lyrics and everything. Okay, there you go. That's a, that's a decent... Uh... Decent night's work on on an album. All right. Well, let me just, this will be easy because I'm just going to tell you that out of this entire album, all we're leaving off is track number four, Jack Action. We're leaving off track number seven, Cries in the Night. We're leaving off track number nine, Running Wild in the Streets. And we are leaving off track number 10, 
sex drive. So out of 10 songs, we're bringing six with us. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> I sometimes sometimes I sit there and I'm like, I think he's gonna say something else. And you're probably saying, Is he gonna say something? <laughs> <laughs> it's almost it's almost funnier that it way. It is, Go yeah. Ahead. I'm gonna leave that in. So uh all right guys, <laughs> that that does it for our band slam featuring the best part of the episode, Queensryche EP. And Wasp, <laughs> Last Command. It seemed, seemed so long ago that we did Queen's Rock. Yeah, so uh, Dirty Jim, why don't you go ahead and mention our companion episode as well as what amazing music we'll be reviewing next time. All right, if you haven't done it yet, why don't you shuffle on over to the companion episode, which is a Chris Cordero Canadian 10 spot featuring Kim Mitchell, Max Webster, and Triumph. In a couple weeks, you'll be able to hear two more new episodes. One will be a band slam that will have two 1978 albums. One is Sticks, Pieces of Eight, and the other one is Boston, Don't Look Back. And the companion episode to that one is a GTFO time warp. And Hollywood, I'll explain it to them. A time warp is is an extensive amount of time between a couple of things. And these couple of things are two albums, both with Ronnie James Dio on them. One is an Elf album from 1974 called Carolina County Ball. And the other is a 2002 Dio album called Killing the Dragon. All right, guys. So go ahead and hit the follow button on Spotify. That way you can be notified when new double episodes are released on the 1st and 15th of the month. Also, if you'd like to send us an email with comments or suggestions, just go ahead and send it to getthefluffoutpodcast at gmail.com. Or feel free to comment on our social media pages there on Facebook. Uh, or find us at Get the Fluff Out Podcast on X, or you can just go directly to our website, www.getthefluffoutpodcast.com. All right, and these sound effects that we don't do ourselves, we get from a site called zapsplat.com. And the intro music is a combination of two loops from a site called looperman.com. One of those loops is a guitar loop from Geomoon called Groovy Rock Guitars Loop Riff, and the other is a drum loop from HP Records called Vintage Kit 2. And the outro music that you're hearing right about now is a song called Elijah Fields by our band Forced Entry from 1988, copywritten by Hollywood and Dirty Jam. So we want to thank everyone for carving out some time in your busy schedule to listen to the Get the Fluff Out podcast and to get a little Gen X nostalgic with us. So with that being said, Dirty Jim, we just got the fluff out. Hollywood, you can take a licking, but keep on ticking. You got a sex drive. Never, ever, ever, ever listen to that song. Ever. That's the last. That's the last time. Ever, ever. Ever. So what you're saying is never? Never, ever. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. I'm a wild child in the city. A slightly different version on this album, but let's yeah, a little bit different. Yeah, let's uh, listen uh, to this one. (laughs) Yeah, it's on the it's on the remake. The the remixed version. (laughs) (laughs) The dance, it's the dance remix. It was it was Taylor's version. (laughs) Wild child in the city. (laughs) Okay, I'm ready. 
Sometimes it is a little screwed up. I don't think people are going to follow us that close to be like, yeah. that was the third single. Yeah. Who are you? Uh, I'm not listening anymore to you guys. Yeah. They don't know what they're talking about at all. No, I'm getting wrong misinformation from the Get the Fluff Out podcast. Yeah, did you see Dirty Jim didn't like that song? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>